0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Utes podcast for a Tuesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Brian Brown, and thank you for joining me here every single day for all of your University of Utah Athletics news, notes, and updates. We have another show. We have a lot to talk about on this show. It's not a lot that has either happened or is in action, but we're going to talk a little bit about how you set up the roster in the spring game as it's the most focal point of my week. It should be the most focal point of your week as well. It'll be the one opportunity this spring that we'll get to see the University of Utah's football team in action. And we want to break you down and highlight how you would organize it, who you're going to put on what sides and and how long you're going to play them for, et cetera, everything like that. We're also going to talk a little bit about recently announced hire Curran Walsh for the basketball program and talk about timelines and how the roster build is going to continue for the University of Utah men's basketball team. There's also some news and notes to update you from around the athletic department, including Utah's gymnastics team preparing for a huge day on Saturday and softball with a fun little midweek break coming up. All that on today's episode of the Locked On News podcast for Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. It's a great day to be a youth thank you as always for joining me on the podcast this is the locked on youths podcast part of the locked on podcast network it's brought to you by as always our terrific sponsors rock auto betonline.ag my name is brian brown thank you thank you thank you my Utah friends and family for following for leaving your reviews for interacting with us on the social media's It is always a pleasure to talk about University of Utah Athletics, especially with people who are passionate uh, and invested in the programs, and I appreciate you uh, telling your friends as we've seen a lot of growth. In fact, the podcast has had its best month without a doubt, and we're not even close to being finished with April, so that's really good. We're going to continue that content throughout the year, Uh, summer will probably uh, you know, turn turn the knob back a little bit, but we've got a lot of good things in store for you. Some fun historical uh, ideas and and some review type stuff that we'll we'll go through in the summer, as long as as well as keeping you updated with any news and notes coming from the program. But for now, we still have actual sports to talk about, and the biggest sport for me right now, other than gymnastics, which we'll be competing on Saturday is football, and football has the annual red and white spring game scheduled for Saturday. And I think the important part about it for fans is this is going to be the first opportunity and media that any of us have had a chance to see the team in action. Uh, We didn't get to watch any of practice in the fall, obviously because of COVID reasons. I hate COVID for that very reason and for many others, but... It'll be nice to be able to see the team in action. It'll be nice to have fans in Rice-Eccles Stadium. It'll be nice that the spring game will be televised on the Pac-12 network. I believe it is at noon or 11. This is great podcasting, by the way. If if podcasting were the movie Top Gun, the show plan would be your wingman. And the quote would be, you never, ever leave your wingman. You never, ever drop the show plan. Because the show plan is information like... The spring game starting at 12 p.m. Mountain Time at Rice-Eccles Stadium. But if I'm Kyle Whittingham, here's my thing. I know that we need to get some work in. I know that we need to get reps. This team is by no means complete, and every rep is still valuable, especially when you are breaking in a new quarterback and replacing a ton of lost production on the offensive side of the ball in the receiver department. So if I'm Kyle Whittingham... I'm not going to go about things the traditional way where we just split things down the middle. We look like two coaches to pick sides or anything like that. I'm specifically divvying up this roster so that I get to see my best players play either against each other or play on the same team if they're offensive players so that they get the most development. Now you can't stack your entire squad, but I think what you need to do is you need to make sure that Charlie Brewer and the first string offensive line, are on the same team no matter what. And that is priority number one. Charlie Brewer is going to be uh, unavailable for touching for the defensive side of the football. And yes, I know that's a terribly, horribly phrased sentence, but there's no other way to put it. Uh, He's not going to be tackle eligible. He's not going to be eligible to be tackled. He's not going to be touched. And I think if anybody gets within a foot of him, Kyle Whittingham will likely throw them out of the stadium, even over the newly completed I guess not completed, but the newly poured poured south end zone uh, because Charlie Brewer is just simply that important right now. He has established himself as a clear first-string starter at the quarterback position, and I think you want to do everything you can to make sure that he stays protected. And there's also a little bit of an element of giving your first-string QB and your first-string offensive line some opportunity against some continuity. And so if I'm Kyle, that's what I'm doing is I'm making sure that as many of the first string offensive linemen are with Charlie Brewer as possible. The other players that would pro- I would more than likely try to match up with Charlie are guys like Brant Keithy, Britton Covey, and Money Parks. And I would not expect Covey or Keithy to play a quarter if they play at all. If they are going to play, I want to make sure that they're playing on Charlie's team. I also want Money Parks to play on Charlie's team because – Money Parks could be one of the more critical players going forward into the season. We all know how great Britain Covey is: his versatility, his knowledge, his ability on the field, his personality, his his athleticism, the 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 glitchy nature of his of his muscles, where it's almost like he can teleport. And I don't know if we ever settled on an official nickname for him, whether it was Ant Man, Mormon Deadpool. Uh, or uh, the Flash, whatever it was, I I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, The bottom line is that he's probably going to win the Utah Open because he's stacked himself with a massive roster and uh, nobody's going to care if Kyle Whittingham cheats at that. Congratulations to the Utah Twitter Open for getting that group on board. But the big thing is that I want to make sure that Money Parks and Charlie Brewer are getting as much interaction as possible. Uh, I think from a running back position, it probably doesn't matter too much you have back there with Charlie. More than likely, it'll be Makai Bernard. If not, uh, it's going to be Chris Curry or T.J. Pledger. And that's the benefit of the running back position at the University of Utah is they've got plenty of guys there who can have an impact. And so maybe the best one is to have Chris Curry on, on that side of, of the football so that he can be on the other team. Um, you're likely going to start Jaquindon Jackson. quarterback on the other side and this will be the other interesting part of it too is is do you go with the traditional red team versus the white team do you go ones versus ones two versus twos you've got 120 players on the roster how do you go about getting all those guys some reps and and for the most part a lot of these guys still need to get reps i think it's very very important that your players that are still Getting into the rhythm of playing college football, because even though Utah had such a tremendous year last year, it was such a bizarre year that it's very important that those players, the newer guys, understand the rhythm of it, that they're getting plenty of reps, that they're seeing and experiencing everything that's possible. And so you're going to want to play a lot of the first stringers still, no matter what. I would think that you'd still want to divide it up red and white, red and white, uh, at least for the first half. And then maybe in the second half you go twos versus twos, three versus threes, four versus four, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, some positions you're just simply not going to have that kind of depth, most likely in the offensive line. Your, your twos and your threes are going to be kind of intermingled. So that will kind of be an interesting factor to theorize on. But for me, what I want to do is I want to make sure that Charlie Brewer has the best targets that he's going to be playing with in the fall that he can work with in, this, in a game-like situation. Because come fall, there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for these kinds of live scrimmages. And so this is really Charlie's only opportunity to get that game speed rep action with any of those guys. Cam Rising has experience. Albeit very, very small, he has actually played in a game with his teammates. Charlie Brew never has. Now, that may not be a big deal for someone with as much experience as he has and his demeanor and, and the cool nature that that he kind of approaches everything where he's not too high not too low he's very much in control of his emotions and i really like that factor about him but i would do everything i possibly could to make sure that he's getting work with those guys that uh you're gonna probably put solomon Yeah, i would think uh, jalen dixon is a guy that you would want to make sure is on charlie brewer's team so you're probably going to give solo and and uh, maybe uh, Cole Fotheringham to the other side. Uh, Jaquin and Jackson will more than likely be the quarterback. And so you're probably going to go JJ and, and Makai Bernard on that side of the ball. In terms of the defense that Charlie is facing, I don't think you want to put all your first-string defensive line up against Charlie Brewer in the first-string offensive line. You're probably going to put some of your return missionaries in there. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see Mika Tafua. As he sat out the last scrimmage with a minor injury, I would also probably guess, and this is entirely a guess, so this is not one of those I think I believe I feel type situations where I actually kind of know it, but I just don't want to say that I know it. Um, I would think that Mika Tafua will likely sit out. I would think that Max Tupai will likely sit out. Um, I would assume that you're going to probably try and play as much as the young guys as you possibly can. And and so maybe we'll see a lot of, of Tennessee Pututau. Uh Maybe we'll see a lot of uh, Samisi Luwaki because he didn't play at all last year. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. But if I'm Kyle Whittingham, the guys I want to put across from Charlie Brewer on defense are Devin Lloyd, Clark Phillips, uh, uh, either Zamaya Vaughn or JT Broughton, because we've heard so much about Zamaya going into going throughout the spring and how good he's been in his transition to the corner position from safety. And then I'm probably going to put uh, either Vontae Davis or Kamoy Latu back there at the safety position, and and maybe Cole Bishop. Who knows that that's the part where I don't think it gets super critical. But the point of, of what I'm trying to say is that I want Charlie to go up against the best possible players in that secondary, in that defensive backfield that you possibly can. And it's sixes in terms of Nephi Sewell and, and Devin Lloyd, in my opinion, in terms of which guy goes on which side. You want to try and balance the teams out as much as possible. And so maybe that's why you go with a 1v1 kind of situation where the there's a little bit of a mix-up in terms of who's on the first string uh defense versus the first string offense but these guys have to get as good a look as possible when you're going almost live speed uh or as close to game speed as you can possibly get the other interesting thing that'll we'll we see that we'll be looking for is who's going to be uh together on the offensive line are we going to see Braden daniels and nick ford playing together along with uh Tatao Laumea on the interior, or will Keaton Bills be the one that's on the opposite side of Nick Ford? How much Orlando Omana are we going to see at center, and will they slide him over to guard a little bit? Uh, there's a lot of questions in regard to that. Who do we see at the left tackle position? Is it going to be Simi Mwala? Is it going to be Jaron Comp? Is it going to be Bam Oleseni? We've seen a few pictures and a few video clips of him playing on the left side. Is he going to be uh, the blindside protector for Charlie Brewer? As they put all this together, a lot of very interesting questions that will be exciting to answer. I don't know how much we'll really be able to glean from those specific decisions in terms of how they project to the fall. But I think it's important that we see how the uh, how the team is thinking in those regards and and how Coach Whittingham is thinking. And and I really do feel passionately that the most important part about this is that if you go for a quarter or maybe even two quarters with your ones on the field, that you get them going up against each other so that you get as good a possible look at each of these players going into the fall as you can possibly get. Because the big deal is going to be what happens after the spring game in terms of who enters the transfer portal. Are there going to be guys that just don't put it together on film and so they enter the portal because you're encouraging them to, to maybe think about What's more important to them? Is it playing at the University of Utah or is it getting playing time somewhere? You have a ton of roster spots being filled this year because of the super senior uh, frozen eligibility rules. So how does that all play into this factor? But the bigger part of it for the University of Utah is you have to know what positions need to be filled as you enter into the fall. And so you're going to go back to the transfer portal just like everybody else. You're going to see who's left uh, their teams after spring ball, and you're going to try and get the best possible replacements for whatever positions are either opening up or have not quite progressed the way that you hoped or expected so that when fall 2021 comes around and you're opening up the brand-new south end zone at Rice-Eccles Stadium – that is the best possible team that you can have taking the field because this is the best possible chance that the University of Utah has to get a Pac-12 championship right now. And that's not just me projecting. It's also the reason that players like Nick Ford, Devin Lloyd, uh, Brant Keithy all return to the University of Utah. We saw it the year previous with, uh, or two years previous with Zach Moss and T- Tyler Huntley and Bradley and I all returning to the University of Utah to try and take one last shot. I think we saw last year that this team has championship-level uh, aspirations. It has championship-level talent. We saw championship-level progress from players on the defensive side of the football, which was very impressive and very necessary. We also saw that there were championship-sized holes on the offensive side of the football, and you have to know if those have been filled coming out of spring ball. That's the most important part about it. So a lot to keep an eye on. We'll continue to talk about it throughout the week here. It'll be very exciting to see what happens on Saturday. I, for one, uh, will be tuned in and uh, we'll we'll see uh, which one of us, Jake or I, ends up actually covering the game in person. Maybe we'll put together something where we'll live tweet a little bit from the Locked On Utes account. We'll keep you posted on that. In the meantime... You know what time it is. It's time to talk about our guys Rock Auto. Gang, I had a big week where I had a bit of a car issue. And the best part about it is I don't have to worry about parts because I know they're coming from Rock Auto. Put the car in the backyard, got the right parts there, got everything I needed. They even had a specific package for my vehicle with parts that maybe I hadn't thought that I might need to replace that they recommended that i replace and that's the best part about rock auto they've been doing this for 20 years Uh, they they are the best in the business rockauto.com and no one knows your car better knows the parts that your car needs no one is more reliable in that regards Uh, auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers so if you're a brand uh elitist like me and you prefer wagner for your brake parts for example or maybe you're a Bosch individual, I don't know. They have everything there that you'll need. Catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Like I said, they have a recommendation for a package there that was really beneficial to me. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers or try-it-yourselfers, as we like to call you here on the Locked on Use podcast. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? And and listen, it, this is no joke. The parts are much, much cheaper through rockauto.com. So just go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts that are available for your car or truck. If you're looking to try something, start start easy. Start with your windshield wipers. Start with something that you're comfortable with. Make sure you get the parts from, lock, from rockauto.com and write Locked On" in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Jumping back into it here on the LOCKEDON Youths podcast, it was announced that Kern Walsh, has been hired as the Director of Basketball Operations at the University of Utah Men's Basketball Program. Walsh joins the staff after following him from Craig Smith or following Craig Smith from the from U- the Utah State University. Uh, I'm not trying to make a joke there. It's just um, this is all stuff that we've already known and talked about here on the podcast. Uh, Walsh spent the last two seasons at Utah State as the Director of Player Development up there, a very similar role the director of basketball operations essentially what it requires is that these guys are the ones who make sure that any plans that need to be taken care of are taken care of so whether it's travel whether it's camps uh whatever administrative duties that come up with them if it's organizing player travel utah has a lot of international players making sure that those guys get to and from where they need to go within an appropriate time frame Also, a lot of it is the student interaction with the basketball players, making sure that they're kept in the loop with the academic coordinators. They're also kind of the first point of contact if the players have any questions or any issues or anything like that. They handle almost all the administrative side of it, and they'll be dabbling a lot in the basketball as well. Kern Walsh will likely be uh, the, the Jeff Rudy of the basketball program. So if Coach Smith has a special Binder full of information. It's going to be Kern Walsh's job to make sure that that binder is always there right by his side. A little bit about Walsh. He came to the collegiate ranks uh, with uh, plenty of player development expertise, having worked with Chris Johnson Hoops. Uh, If you've never heard of Chris Johnson Hoops, or I should say Chris Johnson in general, he's one of the elite. Uh, individual player development coaches for NBA players, some of the guys that work out with him on a regular basis. Uh, Jalen Brown, DJ Augustin, Harrison Barnes, uh, Contabius Caldwell Pope, Seth Curry. Uh, Jeremy Grant's a good one where we've seen a lot of growth from Jeremy Grant in the NBA uh, this year. Um, Serge Baca, Justin Holiday, Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, there's a long, long list of, of players in the NBA, CJ McCollum, uh guys that have all worked out with Chris Johnson before. Um, and so Curran comes from that program where he's helped and worked with a lot of these NBA guys um to try and help them develop their their games. Uh, Delon Wright works out a lot with Chris Johnson, Dwayne Wade, uh, Ben Simmons. So you're Getting the point at this this point that he is a guy that's been around the elite of the elite, so he knows what uh, is required uh, on the players' front. He also knows how to interact with those guys and comes with a very strong resume. So it's a very solid hire. Um, but he's also been there basically the whole entire time. So this is not a big huge surprise for any of us if you've been listening along. What I think is probably more surprising to most fans is that we haven't heard an announcement of the third assistant head, uh, assistant coach. And I just don't know that that one's going to be coming any day now in, in the sense that they're going to rush into it. They have no need to really at this point. They've got enough of the staff established, and, and you're seeing that the way that they're going about building this team is with players that they know – or have an established relationship with, so that they can ensure that the culture here at the University of Utah starts off on a strong first step. And so as we see some of these players enter the portal, or as we go through and watch some of the highlights, it's very important to keep that in mind, that if they are going to be bringing in guys from the portal, it's more than likely going to take them time to develop the relationship with the players that they want. And so some of these players that we see announcing that they're entering into the portal may not be the ones that actually end up at the university of utah if the staff doesn't feel confident in what they bring to the culture and that i think will be a long term play i think there's definite possibility that players that are coming from utah state may join craig smith i don't know that for sure there's nothing that to report in that regards I think those would be the few guys that you might say to yourself, okay, uh, if, if I'm Craig Smith, that we're actual, absolutely taking this player uh, into the program with us. But I really don't expect them to rush into anything and they don't need to because this process is going to be a little bit more lengthy than previously thought. We've seen that Alfonso Plummer has had plenty of suitors uh, for his services, but he's going to test those NBA waters first. I suspect that there will be several, several players that do the same thing. And then once that settles, you'll likely have a better, better picture of who's actually going to be available for you. And so this is the tough part about the basketball program is it was a hurry up and now slow down and take things steadily as uh, the the kind of the initial rush of settling into things uh, finds its way into a more rhythmic and more sustained and stable pattern. It's the 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 busy season in the transfer portal for basketball uh, is going to last for a while. So. Good to have Kern Walsh officially on board. Still have not heard any updates in regards to fan favorite Chris Burgess yet, but we will always keep you posted when we hear anything. That's how we roll here on the Locked on You podcast. And the other part about how we roll here is we roll our dice on betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether it's NBA, NHL, uh, college basketball is over but guess what college baseball is is starting up soon that's another fun tournament that you can gamble on i don't know if they're going to have odds on the gymnastics meet but i bet they will and if they don't the great thing about bet online is you can ask them to set some odds for it they have you covered for all the news scores and odds the best place to to best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up just head to the website or use your phone either way sign up today receive your 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On, all one word. That's Locked On, all one word at BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Finishing up things here on the Locked On Utes podcast. Just wanted to give you a couple updates. Wednesday, Utah softball is in action to face Weber State after a seven day road trip this will be their only game of the week Uh, april 14th that game will start at 4 p.m also utah gymnastics is heading to fort worth for the ncaa championship just a a, we're going to make sure that one of our uh, esteemed gymnastics experts gives us a rundown here at some point in the week because jake and i do like gymnastics, but we are not experts at all but the youths will be competing in the second semifinal on Friday, April 16th in Fort Worth, Texas. That'll start at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. Number six seeded Utah will compete against second seeded Oklahoma, third seeded LSU, and number seven seed Alabama in its semifinal. The first semifinal of the NCAA championships will feature top seeded Florida, Michigan, California, and Minnesota. Those four teams will compete at 1, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Right before Utah's session And then the top two teams from each semifinal Will advance to the NCAA championship finals on Saturday Those will start at 1.30pm uh, Be televised live on ABC So it'll be a big deal um, Lots of good TV time for Utes on Saturday Also, uh, some cool news regarding the ski team uh, Freshman Sydney Palmer-Ledger Won the National Women's Nordic Skier of the Year and Miles Havlik earned National Nordic Coach of the Year. So uh, Palmer Ledger became just the 12th skier in school history uh, to win two races at the NCAA Championships, becoming a national champion in both the five kilometer classic and the 15 kilometer freestyle as the youths won their 14th national title. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. And as of course, you know, uh, Sydney Palmer Ledger is a Park City, Utah native. Um, and just was absolutely dominant All this year Going to be exciting to see what kind of stuff she can put together There's legend status Possible I don't want to saddle her too early with the expectations But that's a pretty darn good year uh, for, for any athlete um, So shout out to uh, Sydney Palmer Ledger and to Coach Miles Halflake for, for winning those awards Really cool stuff Baseball will take on BYU On Tuesday, today At 6 p.m. That game is at Larry Miller Field. Um, So you can find that one. uh, I'm not sure where that one will be streamed. Again, more good podcasting. But if we get a link or anything like that, we'll definitely tweet it out for you. Otherwise, I would just stay tuned to whatever your favorite social channel or website is for that kind of thing. And you should be able to get an update on it. That's it for today's show. Thank you, as always, for following us on your favorite platform, for telling your friends about us, for rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, those Apple Podcast raters. We love them. That's it for me. Uh, as always, wishing you the best. Stay well, be well, do well. This has been the Locked on News Podcast for Tuesday, April 13, 2021.